This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro Podcast. This is Xander and Craig WK. And uh, just us today. Yeah, just the two of us. Because this is a special game for just us friends. And Chops has never played it, and Glitch has never played it, so we're not going to have them fall asleep as we just gush about it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. That's kind of how we're doing things now. We're just saying, uh, oh, you got nothing to say? Cool. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so today, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Legend of Mana. Second and sits. Yeah, so the Legend of Mana was released on June 6th. 2000, and this action role-playing game stars a silent protagonist who creates an entire world and must help the people within it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time with the legend. No. That's we're gonna go in more depth than this. I'm just kidding. Just a little bit. More. You got a little bit scared there. <laughs> I didn't want to freak you out. Uh, yeah. So this game, like you said, came out June 6th to 2000. This was the beginning of uh, SquareSoft's Summer of Square. Yeah, they had a ton of great releases. Yep. Uh, the three that they touted were, th- and I've talked about Summer of Square before because this was a huge year of gaming for me. Yeah. I loved the entire Summer of Square. Uh, was Legend of Mana, Threads of Fate, which we've talked about before, yeah. and Chrono Cross, which hopefully we'll do soon. Oh yeah, the Chrono Cross was the uh, the the other big name game that uh, came out yeah, uh, for came out in August of that year, uh, just shortly before uh, Final Fantasy IX came out in that same year. Man, what a great year! I know, right? You know what came out before this game? Well, what's that? Vagrant Story. Eh. Yeah. I I tried to play it. I just I, I had it. A, yeah I had a hard time with that one. I I I feel like I'd like to go back and give yeah. it a more critical eye. Uh, you know, as I'm older and and I would like to think a little wiser. Yeah, I uh, like to think it's certainly the key. But not to that. that. Let's talk about when we were young and dumb and loved Legend of Mana. Yeah, except we still love it. So. It still really holds up. Yeah, uh, I was. This was uh, of the Summer of Square. This was the one I was probably looking the least amount forward to. And it ended up being my favorite. I was going to say, honestly, it's the better of the games yeah. of the Summer of Square, I would say. Because, of course, as a Chrono Trigger fan, you were super sti- uh, stoked, psyched, soaked, stiked, and soaked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you for Chrono Cross. Oh, yeah. But then there was also a PlayStation Magazine came with a demo for Threads of Fate. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty sweet. I'm yeah. really looking forward to this game that I was just going to get because it's Summer of Square. I'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. Legend of Mana. 
Uh, I guess. Like, I never finished the Secret of Mana. I I did. I enjoyed Secret of Mana quite a bit, but honestly, I just sort of like you know, I was just like Chrono Cross, Chrono Cross, Chrono Cross. I was just super excited for it, and yeah, I I this ended up probably being the better of the games. Mm -hmm. This is so much to this game. It really is. It's it's a rare two D game from Square at that time because around that time, Square uh well not before they were Square Enix, SquareSoft was really really pushing three D stuff and. Mm -hmm. A lot of the 3D stuff from that era didn't hold up over the years. Yeah, and if they were doing 2D, it was in the vein of uh, like Xenogears, where you had 2D artwork in a 3D environment, which looked gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of art held up. But Legend of Mana is a 2D game, mm-hmm. and it has sort of a, a, a watercolor aesthetic oh, yes, to it. It, it is gorgeous. Like, it's still the, the game's aesthetics really hold up, mm-hmm. and it's sprite based art. And this watercolor aesthetic. Wonderfully hand-painted watercolor. like It's beautiful. Just gorgeous game. And, uh, and it's sort of... Um, it's sort of uh, like roguelike. In the sense of like, you lay down the... Like you can set down the, the map in whatever way you want. And pretty much any time you go into the, the levels... It's. I feel like it's different every time. It, it, a lot of it is, uh, or it's, uh, or the background is just generic enough with these slightly different forks that you don't really notice the pattern. I I think that there are pretty set maps there, but I mean, you do set the map down in any order you want. Yeah, and, and you end uh, up going back for missions in the same spot, and you're going, and it's it, it feels different every time you go into yeah. that, that section. It uh and so so let's talk about the the gameplay a bit because uh for anyone who's not played even Secret of Mana they might not really know what they're what's going on here, and so basically at the start of the game you choose a weapon mm-hmm. you can eventually equip something else but uh you 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 know wander around you fight monsters you in fact when you're wandering around uh you're just running in any direction you want or whatever but once uh, enemies are around you draw out your sword and you're sort of in an, a you're set area on that screen yeah yeah and and honestly you would think that that would become very confining but they do a really good job of it like it, it feels very natural yeah. you know the the progression of of running around in these sort of battle map dungeon areas however you want to refer to them. and your movement is limited depending on what kind of weapon you have like if you've got a giant two-handed sword you're going to move a lot slower than if you have nunchucks oh yeah absolutely so uh, i i uh, like the amount of weapons you get to choose from in this game are it's kind of crazy because you have like nunchucks fists axes uh, one-handed axes, two-handed axes, one-handed swords, two-handed swords. I uh, I think there's spears, ha- spears, hammers, uh, staffs. I uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and then I think there's also like the the bow and arrow yep. and the uh, like the throwing weapon, like the boomerang weapon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure is in this game. Some sort of thrown weapon. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's throwing spears. No, I don't remember. Maybe I don't recall. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I always played with the uh, the two handed sword or the nunchucks. Oh, that's a, a far cry from each other. Yeah, you know, because one's really fast and more melee or uh, more up close, and then the other's a big giant, you know, two hander. Yeah, uh, I always did the two handed sword. I chose that first, and then throughout the rest of the game, I was just like, oh, I'm just super comfortable with this. But honestly, I probably should have been switching out weapons, though. You get special techniques. Yes. You know, so like, uh, uh, and this isn't even touching magic yet. 
which is a whole other kettle of fish. But I, uh, but yeah. So like, as you uh, uh, use your weapons, you level them up, and uh, uh, you start getting extra skills. Mm-hmm. And it's super over the top stuff. Oh yeah. Like you, like like you uh, uh, drop your blade to the ground, and like an energy wave appears yep. and flies across the screen. Ridiculous stuff like that. I love that you could name pretty much anything in this game. Yeah, you could. And that became especially cool. Like, you could get powerful weapons, and it and it had um, different things where you could use memory cards that had save data for Saga Frontier uh-huh. or other Squaresoft, big Squaresoft games, and you could get special weapons or, you know, whatever. But then you could also forge your own weapons. Yeah. By taking other and all that, and then I you just name a bunch of different things. And uh, we'll probably get more into naming things that came from this game later, but... Yeah, yeah, because that, that is a, a conversation I do want to have of, uh, uh, with you, of course. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the uh, uh, to Legend of Mana, you know, it's a pretty simple game as far as like the mechanics of the uh, game go. Uh, although uh, I, we didn't touch on magic really, and I never really use magic that much. But like uh, on top of being melee oriented, you could also you know use magic and like drop spells and stuff. Uh, which was, uh, you know, an, another giant feature of the game. To top it off, you could have allies with you. Uh, you know, some of them were just like, you know, uh, other NPCs of the game that like would join up with you or whatever. Uh, but uh, others were monsters because you could like hatch and raise your own yeah. monsters. You can make your own golems, yep. uh, which was ridiculous too. And then uh, you could actually, uh, it was a two-player game. Yes. You could uh, have if if your friend brought their memory card, they could load up their character and play, or they could just uh, make a generic like. I mean, it was either male or female, and it was yeah. one design based on that. But you could name your character whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't think the characters. I don't think they ever referred to you by name. I could be mistaken. No, no, they. I don't think they. I mean, I think. And that, if they did, it was just you know there was no spoken dialogue, right? You yeah. know, actual recorded voiceover or anything like that. But. Yeah, I was gonna say they. They. I think they refer to you by name, but not necessarily. You know, like as like a, you know, in any special capacity or yeah. anything. You know, I. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it this game also is is kind of nice because a lot of PlayStation games of this era did have voice acting, and it was almost all horrible. <laughs> almost all horrible. Yep. I I honestly I can't think of many PS One games that had good voice acting. I mean, they're good in retrospect, and the sen- oh, no, they're bad. They're really bad. But they're campy, and that's why you like them. <laughs> I mean, heck, uh, uh, one of my favorite RPGs of that era, Grandia. Had some of the worst voice acting in video game history. It was really bad, and so luckily we were spared from that in Legend of Mana. Uh, yeah. There's no, uh, you know, uh, the story moments aren't spoken or anything like that. But uh, it's the story itself is kind of funny because it doesn't really have a plot. Not really. It's a bunch of uh, uh, there's a there's a bunch of characters. Oh yeah, and they all sort of intertwine a little bit. And they all have their main arc, but ultimately you're just trying to get to the the mana tree. Yeah, that's sort of the 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 name of the game is unlocking the mana tree and completing enough quests triggers that like you know final mana tree arc. But uh, there are three major arcs to the game, uh, which we'll we'll touch on a little bit because I know that uh, uh, you know they they mean a, you know quite a bit to us. Uh, there's the Jumi arc. Yep. There's the Lark and Sierra arc. Yep. And there's the Matilda and Irwin arc. Matilda and Irwin. Why is that one not? Irwin was the uh, demon guy uh, who Escad 
Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, the uh, the cat girl whose name I don't remember. Uh, Pearl? No, no that's, Pearl that's, was that's one of the, the Jumi. Uh, I don't remember her name. Uh, Diana? Oh, Dina? yes, 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 yes. Diana or something uh, Dina, like that. Dina, I think. Dina. It's something of that nature, yeah. Uh, but I... Uh, but yeah, so you had like a, a few major arcs, but really not anything that crazy. And a lot of the the game is just like you'll walk like the one of the first quests you get is you walk up to this like bunny dude. He's like this big rotund rabbit guy. Good old Niccolo. Niccolo. And he's just like, hey, he's like, I, I need to go to this place and and, and 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 do these like merchant things. I could use a bodyguard. And if you agree with him or whatever. You join up with Niccolo, you go to this highway where these bandits are attacking, you defeat them, and he's like, hey man, thanks, they've been really a thorn in my side. He's like, here's a quick reward. It's something that you think would be dumb. It's like, here's a wagon wheel. Yeah. Oh, okay, a wagon wheel, I don't need this. But what you find out is that these weird artifacts that you get throughout this game, the wagon wheel included, unlock spots on the map and arguably create them. Yeah, you know, it's sort of this weird thing where a lot of the the uh, the Sproutlings NPCs, who are like these creatures from the Mana Tree, sort of make reference to the fact that you're creating the universe. Yeah, and it's this sort of weird kind of like meta surreal uh, kind of aspect of the game. But yeah, you as you unlock you know these quests and stuff, you unlock more parts of the map, and it gives you more people to talk to, more you know friends to to make, more enemies to make, you know things like that. But I, uh, yeah, the I. Uh, uh, I I would I would say uh, Xander and and I'm curious uh, uh, what you know your favorite is, but uh, what would you say is your favorite arc of the major arcs? Because for me, it's the Jumi. Yeah, the Jumi is probably the most memorable. Yeah, I I really liked uh, Lark uh, and Sierra's yeah uh, quest. Theirs was really good. Uh, and obviously we don't remember Escad and it's uh, Dana D D A E N A. Oh, okay, Dana. Okay, so it's Escad, Dana, and then Matilda and Irwin, the yeah. the demon guy. Uh, their their story didn't interest me quite as much, though. Funny enough, when we get to uh, the music later, yeah. uh, uh, Irwin's uh, the, the battle theme is probably one of my favorites. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the uh, the Jumi uh, really struck a chord with me. I, I'm not sure what it is. They're they're uh, like humanoids who have gems in their chest, yeah, and uh, their their species has been like sort of hunted to extinction as people want their gems. They they want you know the, these valuables from them, and so the Jumi are sort of this like you know they, it almost reminds me of like the X Men, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like sort of this like you know this fringe group of powerful people who are, have sort of been like you know ostracized by the world or whatever. But uh, you end up befriending uh, this this jerk named Elazul, uh, who uh, uh, wants to find his like companion because the Jumi are in sets of two. You have like a warrior or a knight, yeah, and then they're like you know they're like sort of their the person like, they're protecting yeah. or like a mage. I, I yeah, I don't remember what they're called. They have a specific title. It's like knight and guardian or something like that, or or something of that nature. Uh, but he's looking for Pearl, and you end up finding out that Pearl has like these memory issues. And uh, later in the game, you find out that she's uh, also the same person as uh, Lady Black Pearl, who's yeah. another powerful warrior. And uh, uh, you end up like going on these quests as you help track down uh, Pearl for Elazul as she becomes like separated from him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 
it ends up, uh, you know, being that there's this like a uh, gem hunter, this uh, person who's like been going around killing Jumi and stealing their cores. And uh, there's all this like weird kind of like lore to them where uh, uh, like if if the I think it's like the uh, the the person that needs protecting in the duo if they cry their tears restore the health of other jumi mm-hmm. uh and like there's like uh uh the 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 main person of the uh the group is uh like has gone missing or whatever the person who can cry for everybody and there's all these weird legends where it's like if you if somebody who's not a jumi cries for the jumi they turn to stone and stuff right. it's really kind of this weird kind of bizarre lore to it but it's definitely uh like if you plan to play legend of mana the jumi quest is my favorite like yeah. they're awesome it's awesome and like if their core gets scratched their strength like depletes like, yeah yeah the more, the more imperfect the stone is then yeah, the, the, the weaker they become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the more uh, like uh, damage it takes, the yeah, the weaker they are. Uh, and, which is interesting that like their lives are tied to these like gems in their their chest. And uh, it's funny because uh, I actually talked to uh, another friend of mine uh, who is into oh, what is the cartoon called? Steven Universe. Yeah, I never really watched it, but honestly. I was kind of intrigued by it because, like, he was telling me these ideas for because uh, uh, he's uh, uh, also uh, a dungeon master, so we trade mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons stories and stuff. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, I have this idea that I'm kind of you know ripping off Steven Universe." And he told me to it, and I was like, y- "You mean the Jumi?" And he's like, "The what?" And I was like, <laughs> "The Jumi from Legend of Mana." And so I ended up telling him about him, and he was like, "Oh wow!" He's like, "Yeah, I bet Steven Universe got that idea or something, or was at least inspired." Yeah, because it's it's very very similar. Steven Universe, I guess, has a uh, like a thing where their their gems are in their chests, and it's linked to their lives and stuff. And I've heard the the show is really good. Yeah, I've, I've never, heard nothing but good things. Yeah, about I've it. never sat down to watch it or anything like that. And I'm I'm super into like cartoons and stuff, you know, because I'm a big nerd. So I've been meaning to to catch it at some point. But yeah, I. Thought thought that was kind of an interesting uh thing about the the jumi and uh a more recent uh entertainment yeah it's a lot i mean other outside of those three main quests there's a lot of uh similar like fetch quests or just like random side quests for different characters yeah yeah um at one point you have to go to uh domina mm-hmm. which is uh it's like the main city or no, i'm thinking uh what's the what's the city you're thinking of I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's where the dud bear or duck bears live. Oh, uh, 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 the it's like Roa or something. Yeah, like that. Moonlight City Moonlight Roa, Roa or something. Yeah, yeah. good old dub bears. I it it, it impressed. And do you still know their language? I know most of it. I don't know that I could say everything. All right, give us a sentence in dud bear. Uh, gak duba. What does that? That mean? means you hate me. Uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, I do. But uh, give me another sentence. Uh. I can't honestly. I remember Gak is, is means like you don't like. Okay, I remember that one. Uh, dub is yes, dud is no. <laughs> I can't. I like Sean and I loved that. Like we wrote out. Like we not only wrote out the language of the dub bear because you need to know it to to get through this this one side quest. Yeah, yeah. But we did our best to speak in dub bear. <laughs> You guys could for a while. <laughs> it drove me crazy because I'd just be sitting with you and you guys would just be like, dub a dub dub. And I'd just yeah. be like, what is, what are you talking about? And they'd be like, you guys would just be like. It's a very Bruh. rudimentary, like, like it's not something you could make full conversation. You have to like, dude, okay, so wait, hang on. That means you, this is, this is like, and then so you just had to kind of like break it down like, oh, it's, it's, it's a rough translation. Yeah. Um, But then we also like, there are days in the game that are based on 
like elements like, like salamander, undying, and all those. Yeah, and which we, are all the magics that you could have in Secret of Mana. Yeah. Uh, they, they, there are seven of them, and they, they each correspond to a day of the week. Yep, and we had uh, we had we decided what day was what, and we we would start, start referring like, oh, we got to go over to Craig's house. It's almost gnome. <laughs> <laughs> was gnome uh, Thursday? It was either gnome or salamander. I kind of hope Salamander, because yeah. I, I think that's a little cooler than Gnome, but I mean, Gnome is, you know, it's still great. That yeah, like, hey, guys... man, what are you doing this Undyne? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Watch cartoons? <laughs> Nerds. Yes. Yeah, so, you're not wrong. So so speaking of these nerdy things like uh, uh, that, you know, we used to do, you guys would uh, name- Yeah, we uh, had character names for every single one of them. Yeah, so uh, some of them uh, are a little- touchy that we right. can't you know say because it was uh we were like you know uh, uh teenagers and thought we were cool and you know cursing was yeah. hilarious but uh, uh the ones that stick out um there was meow el azul <laughs> yeah he was just el azul he, but you said the word yeah, meow because we just said meow before because we would talk on the like this was you know we had landline phones that our parents paid for so we would just call each other uh-huh even if we weren't didn't have anything special to say he's like hey i play legend cool me too Click, 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 like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing in the game? Oh, I'm on this mission with Niccolo. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, and that was sort and of... sometimes we would read the dialogue out, and whenever El Azul would talk, we just said meow before and after everything he said. So it became meow El Azul. Um... <laughs> Man, I can't even. Yeah, there were there were so many because you guys would like be like I'd be playing like Legend of Mana or talk about it, and you'd be like, "Oh, you're talking about Meow El Azul," and I'd be like, "What? What? Yeah." Like, and the why? reason I I think now the reason why I couldn't remember Dana's name is because we called her something else. Yeah, that's which, probably uh, why. And uh, if if I'm remembering it's, what it's it was, like it was Cat Lady or something like it was that. something similar sure, to that. Something, something along yeah, those I think lines. it was Cat Lady. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like I'm like forty percent sure that's what it was. <laughs> Do you do you remember any of the ones that I'm I'm not remembering? One was like Freaky Deaky. Oh no, the main character was Freaky Deaky Sex Lord. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why not? Touche. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I I remember a few of them. Uh, not not too many. Yeah, I uh, bet Sean has encyclopedic knowledge and could tell us what every single one of them was. In, in hindsight, we should have pulled him for that yeah uh we absolutely should we'll have. get him on for one of these episodes one day or maybe we won't because he's the worst <laughs> sean uh. is the worst <laughs> you're right about that but he does at least remember every little tiny minute detail of yes, everything he yes, because he's a maniac he and i love him but he's a maniac but uh, i wish i could remember what we called lark i all i remember about lark is that you cannot escape your yeah. destiny that was the other wonderful thing is you go back to your house in between and you're the NPCs would never they well they were technically PCs weren't they if you played two player you could if play you, as those? yeah some of the uh, the characters like Lark Bud Lisa uh, Elazul Meow Elazul <laughs> uh, you know uh, a lot of these characters that uh, like you know that would join you in the battles yeah. could be played as so they wouldn't enter your house and as soon as you go to walk into your house they would say something to you and then they'd run off yeah and Lark every time was like you cannot escape your destiny and he would run away <laughs> and it was the funniest thing to us oh yeah it, it was great I, I really liked Lark Lark's quest too was was really fun uh, you know there, there's so much to this game but uh but the other thing too is uh you named your weapons yes uh and uh if i'm not mistaken it was the last names of your friends yep in reverse yep so uh the uh, most powerful sword i ever had was named after my friend matt uh his last name was rutkowski r-u-t-k-o-w-s-k-i and it was ixwactor ixwactor 
And somehow I always remember that in my head. Yep. That I'm like, oh, the best sword in the game is Exquactor. <laughs> and I don't know why I remember that so well, it, but I just remember that. it's such a funny, like, Sifrock. Like, it's some of our names are just <laughs> funny backwards. Mine is Red Nazila. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty great. That's true. Just Sean's is Slatchum. <laughs> Slatchum. <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah, it's, it's real bad. Kesnat, which eventually became a D&D character. Yeah, that's true. Well, a it, lot of the names backwards became D&D characters. Yeah, they did. I, uh, uh, In fact, uh, Sean, uh, funny enough, he has the worst last name backwards, uh, but uh, one of the characters he made had everybody in his family was one of our friends with the uh, the last name reversed or whatever so yeah that was that was sort of where a lot of those characters came from i uh, which is just ridiculous <laughs> but i uh, i uh, yeah so uh, you know when it comes to legend of mana uh you had nicolo bud lisa dana Ascad, Lark, Sierra, El Azul, and uh, even pearl could uh, yeah. join you in uh battles uh, who was your favorite lark Lark was your favorite? Yeah. I mean, he was really cool. He fought with an axe. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite was the the very moody Elazul. <laughs> He's just so angsty. Yeah, he was. He was such a jerk. When you first meet him, he's like shaking down the girl at the inn, who's like a preteen girl, yeah. and he's just like, "You're gonna give me information on where Pearl is," and she's like, "Like you go up to her, and it's like she seems scared," <laughs> and it's like, "What, Elazul? Settle down, man. She has no idea what's going on, you jerk." <laughs> done so uh on top of that there were also a ton of like cities dungeons and like you know locations to go to there were like seaside ports and jungles and lakes and mountain ranges and stuff but what was your favorite place um there was i don't remember the name of it but at the end was gauss oh uh the highway yeah, uh, I uh, I don't remember the name of it. it. It was like it's like one of the first areas you can go to. Yeah, and at the end there's a there's just this giant mountain that has like that it's a talking mountain that you stand on its hand and it raises its hand. And we Sean and I would always joke that it was the loneliest character because there was a, like a FMV or like a trailer video for it or something, and it would show Gauss talking, but because it wouldn't load all the thing, like it wouldn't load the sprites, uh -huh. it just showed him talking to his hand. And we thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing, like. When the heroes aren't there, sure, I just have conversations with my hand. <laughs> Poor Gauss. I uh, yeah, I was a uh, uh, you know because I was so into the Jumi quest line, the uh, the bejeweled city. Yeah, the be bejeweled city is pretty sweet. Uh, the uh, the beach where you fight all the pirate penguins is pretty great. Oh, that was a really cool place. I also like that uh, uh, that uh, lakeside mountain, like the the lake in the mountain. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a really cool aesthetic. That very like uh, like very autumn kind yeah. of uh, feeling to it. You know, very uh, like evergreen you know forest and stuff like that you know i thought that was kind of uh, uh a cool area yeah, everything about this game is just gorgeous it really is it it's honestly it's such a beautiful game the uh the music is is one of my favorite things one of the first uh video game official soundtracks i ever bought is it yep Wow! Now it, it it is a an amazing soundtrack, and because uh, back in the day we didn't have the well we had the internet, but it was hard to find these songs. There yeah, weren't all the true. databases that we can pull from like we do now. So, so we would have to go out to uh, like Ann Arbor, where there were video game and anime shops, and they would have them. Or there was a overpriced shop here in Garden City. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, so the music was composed by Yoko Shimomura, yes. who did the music for Street Fighter Two, yep. Super Mario RPG, yep. and tons others. Interestingly, she considers Legend of Mana to be the soundtrack that most expresses herself. 
I mean, it's very, it's it's extremely varied. All the different types of music, mm-hmm. like you have really up tempo stuff, you have really hard rock stuff, you have really soft stuff, you have really sentimental pieces, and it's. I mean, it's just overall, it's just a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah, it is great. Now, what do we have first to listen to, uh, Xander? Uh, so we'll go. We'll go with uh, the which we kind of poked at it earlier. We'll go with Erwin uh, on reflection. You want to tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah. So this is the the boss battle theme with Erwin. Erwin is a a demon who befriended, arguably fell in love with this woman named Matilda, who they met when they were children, but. Matilda's a human and so she's aged and she's now really old and Matilda or and, and Irwin is like in his prime he's this big scary demon guy yeah. and he wants to like basically make it so that her soul is bound to hell so that she'll be with him and it's kind of touching a little sad but the boss fight theme is metal as can be yep here we go <laughs> Like Matilda Quest isn't necessarily my favorite, like you know the Jumi one is. I, uh, it, it's still an awesome song. Yeah. So Xander, what very uh, heavy in the, uh, uh, it's not exactly double bass, but it certainly sounds like a double bass drum, and it's it's pretty rad. Yeah. Now, what are uh, one of the songs you chose, uh, Xander? Uh, so this is uh, called Earth Painting. This is one of the the songs that plays just kind of as a background of of one of the just standard adventuring yeah, like and dungeon I think, locales. Basically, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not like a cave or anything. It's usually the stuff that's like outside, but it, it's used quite a bit. But when I, I think of the song a lot when I like when I hear the title "Legend of Mana," this is one of the first songs that jumps mm-hmm. in my head.
It just has one of those melodies that just can get so easily get stuck in your head. It really does. It's very, uh, uh, very like adventurous, very sweeping, yes. very you know, uh, very exciting. Uh, I, it, honestly, it makes me want to play Legend of Mana. Yeah. Like listening to the song, I just think like, man, I really could stand to play some Legend of Mana. Yeah. I uh, now I. Uh, We've chosen a, a couple of songs each to highlight the soundtrack of the game, and I and I feel like uh, uh you know the the four songs we've chosen really do have a, a good uh, representation of the music for the game. Now, my uh, next theme is a kind of a somber one. It's the uh, the bejeweled city of the Jumi. Uh, uh, the song's also known as uh, uh, Sparkling City of Ruin. Is that right? Yep. Uh, or also City of Flickering Destruction. City of Flickering Destruction. I think that's the official name of yeah. the song. Uh, but translation and all that. Yeah. Somebody true. always says something cl- slightly different. True, true. Uh, and this is kind of a sad one. Let's give this a listen. Very sad, very, yeah. very, uh, uh, you know, it, it sort of sums up the, the experience of the Jumi throughout the game, this sort of sad, you know, tragic. story. Yeah, tragic story, you know. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I really, really dig this theme. Uh, but, uh, but Xander, you have a, a more happy note to end us on when it comes to the music, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, so as we mentioned before, there's, uh, there are, uh, at your home, you can unlock a farm, you can unlock an item, like a smithy kind of factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also start building your golems. And inside the golem factory plays the Maker's Gallop. stuck in my head all the time <laughs> even when i'm doing things that aren't related to making golems like changing my daughter's diaper i'll just start whistling this song <laughs> but sander i mean when you think about it Helen is, it, is kind of my own golem. right that's right? what i'm saying it's a flesh golem it's, whatever children are kind of like your own personal flesh golems and uh uh <laughs> there's there's no coming back from that one no there's <laughs> not uh but you know what I stand by it. That's fair. It's it's something you created, right? Yes. It's made of flesh, right? <laughs> okay. Let's 
<laughs> right? Yeah. No. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Craig wins. Uh, so uh, there, there was one last thing I kind of wanted to touch on with this game, uh, even aside from the music, and that's that Legend of Mana had a manga series. It did. It did. I did not it know ne- that. Never came to America. Oh, that's why. <laughs> but uh, it is translated online by, you know, very devoted fans, and uh, it's real goofy. Like, the, the person who did the manga version of this, it's a gag manga. It's real dumb oh, and over the top. That's exactly what I want it to be. It's honestly, I think it would be up your alley, Xander. Uh, although, they, there are a few touching moments, like when they go through, like, the Jumi storyline mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, uh, it, it's 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 real, like, got, like, you know, like, dumb jokes like uh, Final Fantasy 8 was you know a big thing and yeah. so the main character of this game has like a, a Quistus figurine that he has a crush on basically and stuff it's real dumb and over the top and stuff but uh, uh is Niccolo the main star no it's uh the main it's the main male protagonist Freaky Deaky Sex Lord Freaky Deaky Sex Lord <laughs> yes uh they've named him Toto oh. uh, in the the manga like T.O.T.O. like the band yeah just like the band nice uh but I uh, I uh, it's real, you know, over the top and stuff. But uh, uh, the, the kind of the one of the interesting things about it is, uh, the guy who did the series, I uh, apparently he in uh, uh, had in uh, sort of impressed Square enough because he went on to be the person who made the manga versions of the Kingdom Hearts really series. So yeah, the which did come to America. So if you ever enjoyed the manga version of Kingdom Hearts, I didn't. I. Uh, I, I, I kind of I mean I never I had never got super into Kingdom Hearts so. yeah I didn't really either but I will say that I did really appreciate this guy's art style and stuff I really I really really dig it and so uh yeah it's it's certainly worth looking into uh uh you know if you ever uh are are bored and looking to kill a little bit of time but uh but Xander aside from uh uh the the music and the manga uh was there anything about legend of mana that you wanted to sort of have a final uh kind of uh you know end piece it's on? it's not something that i want to bring up but it's something that i know if i don't sean will never let it down <laughs> because he never lets it down uh-huh so again we we would call each other and just talk on the phone when we we're playing this game and we yeah. both agreed we're not going to go to the final area until we're doing it together so we can experience the ending at the same time. Oh, sure. That's kind of a fun thing. And uh, we're playing it, and he just so happens to do to lay the finishing touch on the final boss six seconds before me. <laughs> and he, I mean, luckily he's not said anything about it in a long time. Mm-hmm. But there was a period of time where he would, like, we would just be at school... And uh, he would interrupt conversation. Like, we were talking about, oh, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to hang out and do this. But, oh, yeah, is it going to be anything like the time I beat Legend of Mana six seconds before you? And I got so mad. I would get so, it was like hearing the Spy vs. Spy theme for you, I can imagine. Just, like, sent me in a rage, and I was just so mad about it. That, uh, mm-hmm. when I finally started doing uh, something that you and I had talked about doing for a long time, uh-huh. of making our own comic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I killed Sean in the first uh, issue or page of it for exactly that. <laughs> that was the reason? Yeah. Because he beat Legend of Mana six uh-huh. seconds before you. Yep. That's amazing. Uh, oh, man. I recall the, the first uh, the the first issue or the first comic, if yeah, you will, yeah, of yeah. our thing was the two of us talking uh, about how uh, shows that... Because we had just had the real-life conversation about... Um, the Simpsons and how once uh, uh, Ned Flanders' wife died, yeah. you, you felt the series kind of went downhill. Uh-huh. 
and you're like, yeah, it's just weird. Like whenever the, a series kills off a main character, it just it all it always just seems to kind of go downhill. Like why would you do that? <laughs> and so the first panel or like the first couple, it's, it was a six panel comic, and it's us talking about that. And then out of nowhere, Sean's stick figure, because I drew like a mock-up, like, oh, this is going to be, the red stick figure is going to be Craig, the blue one's going to be me, the gray one's going to be all these other things. And gray stick figure jumps, well, just a regular stick figure jumps, and it's like, I beat Legend of Mana six seconds before Xander, and I pull out a gun and shoot him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, well, you always know something's going to fail as soon as they kill off a main character. (laughs) You know, uh, And he was a ghost for the rest of the the remainder of the... the, the, I think he got revived once and then was quickly killed again. I don't remember. I feel like that was correct. I I have that folder with all of our old comics. I can... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. So Uh, listen, people, if you want to read Matt and Craig's comic, a.k.a. (laughs) The Bacon of Cereals, (laughs) a.k.a. mostly just Matt and Craig's comic, (laughs) you let us know. I'll scan them. Oh, some of them were really we're, funny. And I still Others make some really occasionally. Bad. Yeah, some of them are real. A lot of them were just like us blatantly ripping off the critic and, and, and Simpsons and whatever yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. A else. lot of it was not very original or, yeah. or wasn't especially entertaining or like yeah. I remember a few of mine being kind of eh. Uh, but every so often. The original were, ones were good. Yeah, they were pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, this, and I, I have uh, uh, one of those comics on my fridge. Yeah, because uh, I still occasionally will make one here and there. Mm-hmm. Like I made one when Overwatch came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I make them every once in a while. They're fun. I keep uh, threatening now that you and I have an audience. <laughs> I, that I should just I should just do it and see where it goes. But you know, I'm not opposed to that I'm idea. Not either it's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, but yeah. So I. Uh, uh, Especially what? with your ability to tell stories and stuff now. Hmm. That might be a thing we do. <laughs> That's. We'll, 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 we're gonna, we're we'll, gonna cut this out. We're not yeah. gonna let this be in the episode. So you guys don't <laughs> don't hold know us to these ideas. <laughs> Steal them. If you if you if we forget to take this out, though, just you know, just uh, you know, pretend like you don't know our ideas, yeah. so you'll be surprised for yeah. us. Uh, but let's uh, hear a, a word from a sponsor before we jump to our retro relapse. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Retro Relapse today. Yes. Was The Goonies 2. I was... There was no Goonies 1. (laughs) At least not in a video game form. Uh, The Goonies 1 is the movie. This is the sequel to the movie in video game form. The game story centers on Mikey... Uh-huh. Uh, his friends, the Goonies, have been kidnapped by the Fratellis, an Italian family of small-time crooks and counterfeiters. Mikey must rescue all six of his friends and free the captured mermaid named Annie. Is is this low-key racism against Italians? I don't know. Maybe? Uh, it was released in November of 1987 for the Nintendo Entertainment System by Konami. Goonies 2 is kind of weird. It, it has some like kind of oh, like... Oh, it is a sequel to a prior Goonies video game released on the on the Famicom in Japan. Oh! So we just only never available in North America on Verse System arcade units. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. 
Weird. So it's kind of like a uh, like a pl- a regular platformer, but there are like some like point and click like elements to it. Yeah, it shifts to a first person mode, uh, similar to there was a game that came out around the same time called Shadowgate. Oh yeah. So it kind of plays very. Like, you go from this like this side scrolling like puzzle map thing, and then you go into these first person modes where it's like, oh, I can interact with this lock. I can use a key to open it. And yeah. All that. And uh, aside from the the music being good, didn't do anything for me. I'm also admittedly not a huge Goonies fan. I'm I'm not like I, I enjoyed the movie when I was younger. I, I liked you know the Goonies. I thought it was all right. Uh, I, I wasn't a huge super fan of it, uh, but I I thought the game was all right. The music was pretty good, and I feel like the now before you you go on saying how good it was, remember how confusing the map was. Okay, yeah, the map I could have done without. That was a... No, you couldn't have oh, because you needed right. the map to go places and you couldn't make heads or tails of it. <laughs> All right. I could have done without having to rely on the map. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, yeah, so so I feel like there is some potential there. I feel like if I had more time yeah, than our retro you laps, you know, I feel like it was uh, it could have been uh, uh, a lot more worthwhile. But uh, but Xander, with, with, with our experiences with the game, which uh, can also be viewed on uh, YouTube, yep. uh, as when uh, this episode is uh, being released, uh, the same day we're going to release uh, uh, the you know Goonies two uh, on our uh, Gamezilla Media YouTube page. Yep. Or if you're a Patreon supporter, you get it a little bit early. Yeah, we're shooting to get those out a little early there. Uh, so, but you'll uh, have no context. <laughs> so have fun. That is true. Uh, but. In any event, uh, what do you give this on the eight bit scale? On the eight bit scale, I mean, based on the we we played it for about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, not very long. Uh, based solely on that, I'd probably give it a three, just because. I mean, the, like I said, the music was was surprisingly good. Yeah, I don't have any connection to the Goonies characters. Um, the map system was super confusing. I feel like had I put more time into it, I probably could have figured something out and yeah. eventually started to enjoy it. But based on the on the, the just the quick glance, which is what retro relapse is, it it didn't sell me. I I can see that. I give it a four out of eight. I feel like it was pretty average. It had some flaws, but it you know I feel like with a little more time, it, it you know we could have uh, uh, you know definitely done a lot more with it. So yeah, I, I give it a four out of eight. It was uh, uh, it's something that I'd like to put more time into. Just probably don't have a lot of time to do so. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, jump into our uh, opening music bracket. Yes, I'm very excited about today. Yeah, today has some 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 solid uh, contenders. Uh, up first is uh, the opening theme to Mystical Ninja starring Gomon for the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've played this song, I think, before. Uh, or at no, least we, a we song at least, from we at, least game. we at least talked about it. Yeah. Um. On a rhythm of retro, I believe. Yes, uh, which is a Patreon exclusive. So yeah. if you're not a Patreon supporter, you didn't hear us talk about this. So this is your first time, and you're welcome. Very welcome. I'm sorry. 
is so fun. It is such a fun song. Now, uh, the 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 Nintendo sixty four version of Legend of the Mystical Ninja, starring Goemon, uh, is it's such a wacky game. And uh, Xander, do you have the uh, composer uh, uh, for for this game? Uh, I'm pulling that up right now. Awesome. I uh, because I at least I do have the English lyrics for you if you want. Uh, just a few. We, we fight don't... on, fight on, never giving up. Let's start on our or start our journey as we whistle along. Going now. That's awesome. <laughs> That's just awesome. Now, do you did you recognize the vocalist? Uh you know what? The vocalist sounds familiar, and I can't put my finger on it though. So help me out. Uh, Chala, head Chala. Uh, if if this song doesn't take it to the finals, uh, I'm going to be very disappointed <laughs> in everybody. I cannot remember. Isn't he known as like Mr. DBZ or something like that? <sighs> something like that. Yeah. The 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 Chala Head Chala from Dragon Ball Z. For for those who uh, are, are unaware, is the Japanese opening to Dragon Ball Z for most all of its seasons up until like the Majin Buu saga, and uh, it's awesome. Like yep. it is such a good and such an iconic song. Yeah. Uh, so the same dude did this song. Yeah, he's the same uh, same vocalist. Uh, but the the entire game uh, it had a team of composers, mm-hmm. uh, which was made up of Shigeru Araki, Yusuku Kato, Saiko Miki, and Yasumasa Kitagawa. Nice, nice. I uh, so on top of uh, uh, the opening to uh, the Legend of the Mystical Ninja starring Goemon for Nintendo sixty four. Hironobu Kageyama. Is the name of the singer Kageyama? That now that yes. does sound familiar. I uh, now, Xander, uh, uh, what is the other song that we uh, are are you know uh, having in the competition here? The other song that we have is the intro to Streets of Rage Two for the Sega Genesis. A very good song. Let's go ahead and uh, give this a listen to.
the best and worst part about this bracket is how varied everything is. Everything is super different from each other, and uh, and I, I think that's su- uh, a really interesting aspect of this particular bracket, unlike the last one, which was just Nintendo music. Uh, now, uh, Xander, uh, uh, who are the composers for uh, Streets of Rage 2? For Streets of Rage 2, we have Yuzo Koshiro and Motohiro Kawashima. Awesome. They did great work on Streets of Rage 2, and uh, unlike a lot of other Sega Genesis uh, games, they're, they, it's good. It's right? a good soundtrack. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like so many composers, and we've talked about this plenty of times before, they didn't know what they were doing with the sound chips for the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if they knew what they were doing, they'd get music like this, and this is phenomenal. Yeah. Streets of Rage 2 is an awesome soundtrack, and I have it on vinyl, and it's just amazing. It's yeah, so it's, good. It's surprisingly really good background music for role-playing. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. I uh, so I uh, you know I uh, uh, after this episode, uh, you'll of course be able to uh, uh, jump on YouTube and uh, you know see our video content on the Gamezilla Media yep, page. We'll be able to check out the retro relapse. We'll also be able to hop over to Facebook and uh, give your vote for which song of, of these two you thought was better. Yeah, I originally was ready to say uh, Mystical Ninja right away, but. Then you get in the groove of this song. It's like, that's, they're so different. They're so good. How do you choose between which one of these it is? But uh, yeah. you guys always manage to do it, uh, even though I don't always agree with you. <coughs> Red alert's not as good as Earthbound. Um, <laughs> you have a cult? Uh, uh, just a slight little bug there. I don't. Hmm. Uh, hopefully it'll go away one of these days. Uh, Who knows? Hopefully. You guys chose wrong. <coughs> But uh, it's anyway, a, 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 it's a darn cry and shame you've got that yeah, uh, I know. sickness. It's, it's, I feel like it's catching because I I feel the it's the symptoms coming on. Yeah, you you look like you kind of got something in the back of your throat there. <laughs> Earthbound is better than Red Alert. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. I uh, I have a bit of a cold. We'll go more about that at the end of the season. About <laughs> I mean, we're not mad at you guys. We're just disappointed. I Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. I We just love Earthbound so much. So if you don't want to disappoint us, if you want to make it up to us, you can always check out the other shows on the, the GameZilla Media uh, Network, which includes Last Action Podcast on Mondays, where they talk about action movies, just as well as we talk about retro games here. Um, and then there's also the GameZilla Podcast on Tuesdays, which mm. uh, is pretty great it's good oh, times. Yeah. video game news yeah video for current stuff yeah, um yeah. and then wednesdays is noobs and dragons with oh, you yeah. and the the noobs people who've never played Dr- dungeons and dragons before although it's hard to say that now because you guys have been playing for over a year <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh i mean but they'll always be noobs yeah, that's true they'll always be noobs thursday of course is the legend of retro uh-huh. podcast which you're enjoying right now of course i hope you're enjoying and what do they have on friday better be Movie Blast with Bobs and Backs. Not Bobs, just one. Just Movie Blast with Singular Bob and Bob. Backs. I don't know why I said Bobs, because I just wish there were more of them, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, those guys are great. They give you uh, real quick looks into classic movies, uh, not necessarily to one genre, but uh, kind of whatever they're they're feeling about. And yeah. uh, they're really they're shorter episodes, which is great, because you can kind of listen to them on a, on a quick drive to work if you've got a shorter commute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good time. I'm really enjoying the show. Nice, nice. No, I'm that glad to hear that. And uh, for our fans that uh, really love The Legend of Retro and uh, potentially even our other uh, shows on the network, you can always support us through Patreon. That's correct. If you head on over to patreon.com slash gamezillamedia, uh, you're going to be able to uh, uh, support the uh, the shows and stuff and get a lot of cool 
perks and bonuses. Early access to Retro Relapse. Oh, yeah, yeah. It goes uh, up on special uh, episodes of The Legend of Retro. Mm-hmm. Uh, for November, we talked about our favorite robot masters from Mega Man. Yeah, that was and, a ton of fun. Uh, December, we're just, uh, Craig and I are giving a Christmas present to one another of talking about Undertale. Yes. And we talk about Undertale. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a longer episode. Uh, Xander and I uh, really love the game, and we've not had a lot of chances to talk about it. And because it's so retro-inspired, we, we yep. uh, uh, decided to go for that for Patreon. We sure did. Now, uh, uh, Xander, before we close out this episode, there is one last thing uh, that was, was pretty important that I did want to touch on that I totally forgot about until now and that's that sean beat legend of mana six seconds before you xander yep (laughs) (laughs) excuse me i actually had something else i wanted to bring up real quick before the end of the episode and is that you cannot escape your destiny and uh on that note i think we'll see y'all next time when the legend continues. continues.